Christy Kay. Welcome to Business Life After Hours, a podcast that takes a deep dive into real-life topics at the intersection of business and life. After the workday ends, that's where we pick up. Our topic on this Business Life After Hours podcast is why a career in Congress matters. This podcast episode is for the advocacy-minded, for those who are curious about the life of a congressman, and for those who want a deeper understanding of leading issues facing the U.S. today. My guest is Congressman Bob Latta from the great state of Ohio. He's been in Washington, D.C., representing Ohio's 5th District since 2007. And it's the same seat, in fact, that his father held decades prior. He advocates for many issues impacting the USA's future, including energy, telecommunications, and healthcare. We have so much to talk about, Congressman, so welcome to Business Life After Hours. Well, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for being here for all you do for the great state of Ohio, for its residents, businesses, constituents, as well as our great country. So first question, Congressman Latta, why a career in public service? Was it a calling for you? Well, you know, I think I think you're absolutely correct when you say I think public service is a calling. Uh, something my dad taught me a long time ago, there are two types of people that uh, get into pub- public service. And he told me there are the, those who want to be politicians and those who want to be public servants. And a politician he described as someone who takes from the people they represent for their own benefit, while a public servant gives of themselves to the people that they represent. And so I've been blessed being able to represent so many people from the county level, state level, now the federal level. And I believe that, uh, you know, we all have to do everything we possibly can to give back to this country. Mm-hmm. That's so well put. And I think about it all the time, too, the return on investment, so to speak, for being a congressman. And I think about um, those of you who do give your lives and who have those right intentions, if you will, um, because you take a lot of heat from the general public, from constituents day in and day out. So how do you um, kind of navigate that world, and how do you stay upbeat and positive when it comes to, to those other kinds of um, kind of general public constituent concerns that maybe get a little bit out of hand sometimes? Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, I consider every day a blessing. Uh, I'm blessed to be able to do this job, and I thank the good Lord and the people I represent for letting me do it. And the other part is, you know, your first part of the question is, you know, sometimes when things, uh, you know, people get upset and things like that. But, you know, that's our, that's the world that we live in. It's our, it's our nation. It's our democracy. It's our constitution. So, you know, I see it as, uh, you know, those people exercising that right. And, uh, and sometimes you think, you know what, if I'm doing my job right, they get to do their, you get be able to get out there and, uh, you know, express how they feel. So I don't really see it uh, as a, uh, a negative. It's more of a positive then. Mm-hmm. And you're so intuitive anyway, and you have a great way of really hearing what your constituents want and need and communicating that. So I feel like for you, that's the gift that we get from you is you're able to assimilate some of those concerns and really take action. So for that, we are so appreciative of all you do. Do you ever feel like in that regard, kind of in that same vein, that you can't do enough and there's always so much more work to be done? And kind of what is it that keeps you awake at night? Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, if you think of, if you think that your day is done and you've got everything accomplished, you know, you're fooling yourself. We have so much work we need to do, <laughs> and you have to be looking over the horizon. And I do serve on the Energy and Commerce Committee, and the great thing about serving on Energy and Commerce, we have such broad jurisdiction, more bills come out of our committee 
than any other community that are signed in the law. So if you think about energy, telecommunications, healthcare, commerce, environment, those all fall underneath of us in other areas that I work on. And one of the things when we you sit on that dais in energy and commerce, you're looking over the horizon five to ten years. You're dealing with the innovators, the entrepreneurs out there that are going to change the way we do things, not only in this country but around the world with their inventions and uh, what they bring forth. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, I want to always make sure that we're always on that cutting edge, that we're out there always in front, because if, if, if you think you're satisfied, you're behind. Mm. So, you know, when you think about things you worry about at night, well, I worry about our, our national debt at $30 trillion. I worry about, because years ago I served on the budget committee, and one of the things I worry about every day is that, uh, you know, unfortunately, by the year 2030, we're going to pay a trillion dollars just to pay interest on the debt. We're not going to be paying down the debt. It'll be the third highest uh, number that we're going to be paying right off the top uh, every year. And we're gonna, probably going to end up borrowing money just to pay the interest back. And so it's not going to affect just future generations, but this generation right now. Mm -hmm. So we, we've got work to do. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Well, as a girl from Ohio myself, I know this state's beauty and the wonder and its offerings. And especially now, I look at some of the other parts of the country and I see droughts and fires and floods. And I, th I think about Ohio and I think about our Great Lakes and you know the, the, the weather we have, the agriculture, the food supply, farmers, farmland. And all in all, it's, it's a fabulous place and a great state to live. So what would you say are Ohio's greatest assets and strengths, past, present, and future? And then I think, you know, while you're talking about that as well, I'm intrigued by your thoughts on the Great Lakes and specifically some of the, the water concerns that we have. Right. Well, you know, I always tell everybody our greatest asset are the people that we have in the state of Ohio. I love that. And, and I want to keep everybody there. You know, I want to make sure that you get a if you go if you get your education in Ohio, you stay in Ohio, you find jobs in Ohio. We have such great opportunity. And, uh, you know, when I look at uh, our state and our diversity that we have from manufacturing to agriculture and everything in between, I look at my district. I have, I have 86,000 manufacturing jobs, if not the largest in the state of Ohio. And at the same time, I have the largest farm income-producing district in the state. So we have a lot of things going hand in hand. So it's really important that, uh, you know, we, we show this to uh, our younger people in the state of Ohio. You, don't, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, you look at across the country and when you see droughts and fires and things like that, that's something we don't have. I say, okay, granted, we don't always have the greatest weather. <laughs> not going <laughs> to lie. You know, Winters. What we always say is, if you're not happy with the weather, wait 15 minutes. <laughs> it could be changing. But uh, That's you know, so that's, Ohio. But, you know, yes. but again, though, we have four seasons, and you get to see it. But, you know, I really, I really want to make sure that we do uh, have these opportunities for uh, people to stay in Ohio, that they don't say they have to go someplace else. Because, again, I talk to my colleagues from around the country, and they're in drought. They have no water. And here, you know, we have the abundance. We have, you know, our great lake, Lake Erie. And we have uh, all, everything that works around it and the great benefit that we get from tourism. And you name all of the other assets and all the communities that uh, are able to draw water from the lake to help their communities. 
but it's important that uh, we look at our assets. And I think that sometimes people always want to look at the negatives. I think you ought to look at the positives and say, we have all this going for us, and that's what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I know keeping the water quality up and really being intentional every day is something that you're very focused on. So, you know, keeping Lake Erie and algal blooms and that type of thing really in, in, a, in a healthy place, I know, is a challenge for you as well. Well, you know, in 2014, when we had that massive algal bloom, I'll never forget because we had votes late that night or the <laughs> night before when, when we found out about what happened with the city of Toledo in the water. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember getting off the plane at 7 o'clock and finding out, and we spent just literally 24 hours a day for three straight days in meetings. And, you know, it was, I think it showed the great cooperative effort that we can do in Ohio that you know from the uh, local level to the state level to the federal level we had everybody at the table and from those meetings then i uh, had legislation was the drinking water protection act that came out of it that uh, we this you know was signed into law to make sure that uh, we do have uh, good drinking water not just in lake erie but across the country mm-hmm. but uh, we want to we want to make sure that we protect our assets and that we all need just to work together mm-hmm now, if you had to pick one passion project, like through all of your years in public service, that's really stood out for you to fight for or to change something or to improve something, what would that be? Like, if I, for example, if I said to you, you can only talk about one issue right now, <laughs> what would that be and why? Well, you know, that's a tough one because I, I'm, I'm one that's not pigeonholed into a certain area. Yeah. And again, serving on the committee that I serve on, it's fantastic that you get to do so many things. But, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I can think of, um, you know, I just I hate to say I can't think of just a, but mm-hmm. for one for in particular. Uh, I was given a piece of legislation a good number of years ago. It was called Track and Trace. And when the problem is, is how do you make sure that a drug, when it's manufactured to the time it gets down to the corner drugstore, hasn't been adulterated, hasn't been uh, uh, made into a, another type of a product that's not safe for human consumption? And so, uh, you know, I remember having uh, the best thing I ever bought for my office is eight folding chairs. I had like 15 people in my <laughs> office from all over the industries. And I said, look, we got to get this thing done because they've been working on this for 10 years. And so, we, you know, we, I pretty much laid it out to everybody that, you know, what we can't think of is that I'm going to get 100% of what you want because that never is going to work. Mm-hmm. But uh, we worked it through, and uh, before the end of the Congress, that, that piece of legislation had become law. Yeah, but, you know, it's really just I like to take legislation and work it, and uh, I've always enjoyed that. But it's also you just have to bring people together. And sometimes, you know, you don't want to think that something's going to have to be uh, into the next Congress. You want to keep moving. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I've been uh, fortunate from uh, working on that. Uh, other issues like autonomous vehicles or rural mm-hmm. broadband, uh, more spectrum, uh, tax issues with death tax. I've just been very, very fortunate. I've, I've also have a fantastic office staff that work right along with me to get these things accomplished. You are doing such important work, especially when you're talking about things like that track and trace, all of the above, autonomous vehicles. I know you're working collaboratively with the state of Michigan to do to do some of that in terms of a legislative project there. But what's one of the top questions that constituents are most concerned about? Is it really, is it like potholes in the road? <laughs> or is well, it? you know, it really comes down to uh, right now, the, the number one issue we're hearing from people from back home, it's, it's inflation, it's been fuel prices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I was at the grocery store, 
store a couple of weeks ago one weekend, and uh, I was walking through uh, the meat department. I just happened to look down. It had a pound and a half of bacon. was $12. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you look at, you know, bread prices. And, you know, I go to the grocery store. I see it. And, uh, you know, when we were having the issues with supply chain that, uh, you know, people were going, and I, I'll never forget, pe- people know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to a, uh, one section of the store, and there, the shelves were empty. And I had two people come up to me within about one minute and asked and said to me, Bob, do you see that these, these, these uh, shelves are empty? And I said, yeah, they're empty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, we need to make sure that our supply chain works. And because, again, when you think about what we have in this country, we, we have to also make sure that we bring a lot of the supply chain we found out from COVID, that we're, our supply chain was really stretched. And maybe we're not going to be able to have everything in this country, but we need to make sure that we have it with trusted trading partners, that we can make sure that we can have everything on those shelves for everybody at all times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you've been really active in the world of energy, as we've said earlier. So where do you feel we stand as a nation in terms of energy efficiencies, oil, self-sustainability as a whole? Are we strong? Can we compete globally at the, on this stage? Well, number one, when it comes on the energy side, you know, I just look back uh, 25, 30 years ago. We were told in this country we had no natural gas. You know, we had no oil to really speak of. And that we were going to be, end up being just dependent on OPEC. And for, you know, and for years, that's what we heard. But, you know, uh, back uh, when the Republicans took control of Congress, we moved through legislation. You know, again, we want to make sure that the environment's safe and sound and clean. But we were able to move through legislation that made the United States the number one natural gas producer in the world. And on any day, we could outproduce Saudi Arabia or Russia in oil production. And so, you know, that made us strong and made sure we had we kept our jobs here. We, we weren't dependent on any other country. We also made sure that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, we could take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I also think about, uh, you know, where we are today uh, with what President Biden has done. He's, he's re- reversing that, and we don't want to, you know, when he goes to Saudi Arabia or prior to the Ukraine war, asking the Russians to increase production, that's wrong. We want to keep the, we, again, we want to keep the United States strong. I also think that when it comes to energy, you have to think about other areas like advanced nuclear. We have all this happening right now that I'm involved on with advanced nuclear, that we could uh, be advancing going forward with that right now. And at the same time, you know, on the alternatives, because years back, the Republicans came up with what we call an all-of-the-above energy policy, so as to take everything that we had out there, but then uh, take all of the alternatives out there. Uh, energies and bring them into the mix and you know so you can make yourself extremely strong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know let's talk about Congress and what is it really like to be in session in Congress and like, when you talk about some of those whether it's you know the bipartisan issues um, or you know the personalities some of them appear to be incorrigible difficult do you find it invigorating and enjoyable to have that banter and hopefully come to <laughs> consensus or tell me about tell us all about that well, you know, I get that question a lot from people, okay. and I said, you know, here, here, and I said, this is what really happens. If you look at the uh, the uh, huge number of bills that move through Congress, they're bipartisan. Mm-hmm. You, so, you, what you're looking at a lot of times are five or six really hot button issues, and that's really what you hear about on the news. Uh, I know I've worked with um, a, a friend of mine, a Democrat from California, on. Uh, uh, improving our grid, upgrading it, making sure that the grid's secure, cybersecurity issues on it. 
I've worked with another, a Democrat from Vermont that uh, on issues with the Internet of Things or rural broadband. Uh, so, you know, uh, another Democrat from Iowa, and uh, we used to always joke because I remember somebody asked, how, you know, how do you guys work together? And I said, well, Dave and I come from a state with four letters with three vowels. He came from <laughs> Iowa, and I, you know, I'm from Ohio. But, you know, we, we look at it that, uh, you know, we find those issues that we can work together on, but, you know, we, we understand we're not going to agree on these other issues. But uh, we want to make sure, because like in the Energy and Commerce Committee a few years ago when I saw the statistic, 93% of the bills that moved through committee were bipartisan. And, nine, and when those bills came to the floor, interestingly enough, they passed with, a nine, with 94% uh, in a bipartisan manner. So, uh, you know, it's, you do. You have those, uh, those hot-button issues out there that, uh, you know, that uh, you just have to understand that we're never going to agree on these things uh, with one another. And, but... Uh, all those issues that we can work on, we, we work on together. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that sort of clears up a misconception that, you know, that, that there's so much divisiveness that we can't kind of find that, that middle ground and, and really thinking through how well-intentioned you truly are and really trying to make the right decisions for the right reasons. So I think, you know, as citizens, from our vantage point, sometimes we don't always see that. So it's nice to hear that from you. So, um, so in terms of your time, what percentage of time do you spend, and most maybe most Congress people spend, in their district versus Washington, D.C., versus, say, like out in the public domain, meeting with influencers, setting agendas, researching? What, how does that, how do you split all that? How do you do all of that? Well, usually the House is in session either like Monday to Thursday or Tuesday to Friday that we're in session. And so I always figure that a session day, you know, is a short day is 12, 12 hours. It could be 13 to 15 hours that you might be working when you're here in Washington because there's so much work you got to get done. It's either committee work, office work, or meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, back in the district, uh, you know, I, I'm one. I think uh, I've, I'm close to 1,300 meetings uh, in Ohio in the last nine years since uh, they kept uh, started keeping track of me wow um, but uh, i uh, i i i'd like I, i'd have to go back and find out from the time i got here but when i'm home uh i just uh, get in the car and drive because uh, again i have a very unique district and so uh you know we're, we're blessed with all of our higher ed institutions uh in the district uh, again, with manufacturing, you know, when you think that you have the largest food processing plant in the world at Campbell Soup mm -hmm. and Napoleon in your district, and Souter Manufacturing in Archbold, or Central Foundry in Defiance, and you know, I can go, you know, you have uh, First Solar in Wood County, and I can just kind of go down the entire list with, from glass to steel, and just down to small. Uh, you know, innovators out there that might have 10 people working for them, but everybody's out there doing an, an absolutely incredible job. And so that's why I spend a lot of my time is out with them mm -hmm. to see what they're doing and to help them in a lot of cases navigate, unfortunately, the unfortunate regulatory scheme that goes on. And I've never heard anybody out there say they're against regulations, but they all say just give us regulations we can live with. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Well, so really, I, I'm gleaning from that that you're really never off the clock, so to speak. We're talking about business life after hours. There's this kind of kind of a gray area there. You're kind of always on the clock, I feel like. But, but have you ever had in your career something really difficult that you've had to manage or battle or endure um, that has really made your life um, maybe one of the biggest challenges you've ever faced? What would that be? You, you know, um, I guess going back when our daughters were young and I was in the state legislature, 
and uh, I, I never wanted to miss all the different things that they had going on. And I know years ago, uh, when our oldest daughter started uh, t-ball, I think she was six years old, and uh, I was told, oh, no problem, all the t-ball games were going to be on Saturday. Well, we get the schedule, they're, they're Wednesday. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, no. no. That can't so, happen. Yeah, so it turned out that uh, I would uh, drive to Columbus, do everything I had to do that day, but uh, at a certain time I was able to usually get home. And I was probably the only uh, parent sitting out there in a uh, dress shirt and a tie <laughs> undone. Yeah, but you were there. You were there. I, w- I wanted to make sure I was there for our, our daughters because my wife and I wanted to do everything we possibly wanted when they were growing up to be there. And it was they were in everything from uh, from t-ball to fast pitch to CYO why uh, volleyball to uh, band a quiz bow and a cheerleading I mean everything <laughs> but you wanted to be there and yeah. as a parent then you know especially in, in school activities you're expected to help mm-hmm. so it was helping uh, in the concession stands and everything else but uh, we wanted to be there for them well, good for you that you were present for, for the those uh, fabulous young women in your life. And I know you've got some, with Marsha, your wife, and, and your daughters, you have some strong uh, strong women in your life, and they're wonderful. So I um, want to circle back to the, we started to talk a little bit about this, about why a career in public service as a congressman matters. So decades from now, as you look back on your career <clears throat> in Congress, what return on investment or what impact do you hope then will be revealed you know that's a good question because when i have i I get this and i'm blessed i get to speak to kids that are in kindergarten through people working on their phds but it's also uh when i'm at the schools talking to government classes or when kids are standing on the capitol steps and i think this is one of the things i've always told the kids is this you know, in five years or ten years, don't ever get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say two words, I wish. Mm. Because if you say, I wish, you didn't do something. And so you got to make every day count. And so uh, when by, you know, by being able to and being given the ability to do this job, I want to make sure that I always look in that mirror and go, you know, I'm, I'm working to get things done. And I'm not putting things off because when you're in the, you know, a legislative process, especially in the House of Representatives, it's only a two-year term. The clock starts ticking the second you're sworn in, so you don't have a lot of time to get things done. So it's always trying to get everything done as much as you possibly can and never look back and regret saying to yourself, well, I wish I could have done, done that or done this because usually if you say that, you didn't, you didn't get it accomplished or didn't mm-hmm. even try. Yep, absolutely. I love that. That is like living with no regret also. Um, So and I wanted to talk to you as we kind of wrap this up, um, talk to you a little bit more about how we as constituents in, you know, in 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 your kind of like in your world, how do you like us to use your expertise? How do you like your constituents to work with you? What can we be doing to to really uh, impart your wisdom, your knowledge, your action, and all that, that ability you have to, to help us uh, to, to kind of make a difference in our, in our lives? Well, you know, it's important. I think the contact, and I try to be out all the time so I can have that, you know, personal contact with people. But, you know, in the age we live in with uh, emails, uh, a lot more people are emailing today. Um, you know, one of the things I've always told folks is that, you know, 
I, I, I review every legislative letter that leaves this office. I sign every constituent letter and the district that goes out every day because I want to see what's going on. So I, I know exactly if we're having um, more VA problems almost instantly by the number of letters that are going out that we need to hear from people. Uh, one thing I always tell folks is that, uh, you know, these chains that sometimes they say, here, press this button. You know, if, you, if, if everybody sends some automated thing out, it's, a, it's not that same as that personal story so as to what, how a law or regulation is affecting them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, hearing that personal story uh, and how they're being affected by an agency or department of the federal government is so important, mm -hmm. and that's what we work from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quick after-hours after question, what's your favorite hobby when you're not working? If there is such thing as not working. <laughs> well, I, I, in the summertime right now, it's trying to keep the yard mode. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, an outdoors guy. And you're you're pretty much you're kind of an outdoorsy person anyway, correct? Oh, I, I love the outdoors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I, uh, I like to hunt, and uh, but that's you only have a very very limited time and you can do that. But uh, you know, I think that uh, you know, just uh, every day you, you just got to get so much work done, and uh, I, that's. Uh, I have uh, almost like sheets of things I write down of everything I need to do, and I try to whittle, whittle those down then. Yes, great. You're a list guy. Well, listen, we have come to the end of this Business Life After Hours podcast, and I'm feeling extremely motivated right now. Congressman Latta, thank you so much. And give us a takeaway nugget, if you would, for our listeners as it ties to kind of the impact in terms of Congress and why a career in Congress matters to you, to all of us. Well, first and foremost, we live in the greatest country on earth. I always tell the kids that because as they're working uh, through school and government classes or being here in Washington, that this is the greatest in the world. You know, this is why everybody wants to come here, not only for the personal freedoms, but also because, you know, look where all the most of the inventions, so many of the world's inventions are from, the United States. Why? Because people see this as the land of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And we always want to make sure we keep it that way. And that's one of the things I work forward to every day when I'm, I, I get to the office and uh, or if I'm in the district, that's my job, to make sure that uh, the American people uh, can experience the American dream. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like my takeaway nugget, too, for our After Hours listeners is really that, you know, choosing this life of public service, it's really a calling. It's difficult. It's rewarding. But we can all respect and communicate with our congressmen and women, recognize that you all are you're bringing so much passion and knowledge and you can really impact our lives every day. And I love what you said about everyday counts and don't say I wish and have no regrets. Regrets. I love that. So Congressman Lada, if our business life after hours listeners would like more information on your work, your appearances, your information, legislation, how can they find you? Well, you know, there's uh, several things you can do. You can, you know, we have our district offices uh, in Bowling Green Defiance and also um, in Finley. Uh, you know, they can, they can go online and get the addresses there. But uh, just, uh, or lata.house.gov, you know, they can get a hold of me uh, if they want to do something online. But, uh, you know, we just, it's, like I said, I just need to hear from people because I tell all new members when I, I talk with them, I say, always remember that we all have the same first name. We're representatives. We represent our districts. And so that means those people back home. Thank you so much, Congressman Latta. It has been invigorating. It's been enlightening. Thanks for your efforts every single day to be one of our greatest advocates. So it's great to have you on Business Life After Hours. Well, thank you very much and have a wonderful day. 
Business Life After Hours is hosted and produced by Christy Kay. Audio engineering production and editing by Chris Pfeiffer. Be sure to join Christy for her award-winning television series, Business Life 360, the third Thursday of the month on WGTEHD or at WGTE.org slash B360. Business Life After Hours is a production of WGTE Public Media.